Good evening once again, Newark family, and welcome back to our evening messages. This week we've been talking about the theme of personal prayer. As you can see my desk space behind me, and I've got my Bible out, for me personally, oftentimes my prayer time coincides with when I'm reading my Bible in the mornings. I want to welcome you all once again tonight and remind you that if you haven't yet, visit our church website at newarkupc.info. On that church website, you can find all the information about our small groups and many other items. But now, let's go ahead and join Brother Moss as he brings us tonight's message on personal prayer. Welcome to the digital campus of Newark United Pentecostal Church. Tonight, we'll continue our consideration of prayer. So let's start with the demonstration. Dear Lord, we come before you as permanently enrolled students in the School of Prayer. The more we learn, the more we realize that we have so much more that we do not know. Help us as we study the Bible, our, our textbook, and do our homework of continual prayer. That we might come ever closer to being where we can ace a test here and there. Be with us as we learn to be comfortable communing with you. Teach us what it's like to come boldly before your throne of grace where help is constantly available. Teach us to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to begin tonight with a story from my own family. In fact, it's about my mother's prayer. From the time I was six, when we were starting a church plant, not in the ministry, but as laity, as people just coming to help start the church, I don't remember a time after that, until our story tonight, when my mother was not general Sunday school secretary of our local church, even though we changed churches, she almost immediately went into that position. When I received the Holy Ghost, I changed to a different church, to the United Pentecostal Church. And this caused tension in my family. They had expected me to be, as I intended to be, an aerospace engineer. And then when I was called to preach, it was very upsetting. I received the Holy Ghost in 1963 and was called to preach in 1964. So for about 18 years from the time I received the Holy Spirit, there was a real tension in our home. Uh, after I'd gone to Bartlesville, started the church, at one point in 1981, my mother came to visit us. While she was there, the Lord began to deal with her heart about her own situation. On a Sunday morning, as I finished preaching and gave an altar call, my mother came and knelt on the altar to seek the Lord. After we had gathered around and prayed with her for a few minutes, she looked up at me with tears in her eyes and said, I've been a church member 
for over 40 years and I just realized I don't know how to pray. As you can imagine, my heart was broken at that time. Though I can report to you that later she received the Holy Spirit and I made a trip out to West Texas to baptize her in Jesus' name. So I want tonight's message to be based on Luke 11 and 1. And it came to pass that as he, speaking of Jesus, was praying in a certain place, when he seized one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So I guess our key word tonight would be teaching or teach. Now, there's not just one way to pray, and you've heard several other considerations of prayer earlier this week. I want to take a quick look at two types of prayer and then bring you something that you may not have considered, that uh, you may not have thought of it as a kind of prayer. First, let's talk about the formal or the pre-planned prayer. That can be anything from a national prayer breakfast to praying for your meals or uh, leading in prayer at some group meeting. I want to talk uh, about Second Chronicles chapter 6, beginning with verse 12, where it says of Solomon, And he stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands. This is Solomon's prayer of dedication at the temple. And there were several things that he uh, covered in this prayer, a reminder of God's uh, plan and promise, uh, of the greatness of God, a plea for attention and an answer, uh, that God would hear and forgive, that he would give righteous judgment, that he would deliver them from enemy oppression, and if a drought came, that God would oversee the situation and change the weather. He talked about deliverance from plague and famine and pestilence. and uh, Then he dealt with just the individual personal problems that uh, could be solved by coming or to this house to pray. He talked about the alien believer and that God, he asked that God would pay attention to the prayer of, of those outside of the household of Israel who might come to uh, Jerusalem to pray. And he talked about God's being with them in battle, and then closed the prayer with a mention of if they were ever led into captive and dispersed among the nations, that God would care for them. Now, this was a stylized prayer. This was a national meeting, and it was probably pre-written so they wouldn't forget anything and the excitement and the pressure of the moment. In fact, it might have been, as many presidential speeches are, even ghost-written and then polished by the king. But in Second Chronicles 7 and 1, we read this. Now, when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. The priests couldn't even go into the temple to minister in that time. You see, 
This was a formalized prayer. It was very formal, but it was also very powerful. That's one type of prayer. Another is the personal or spontaneous, maybe a situational prayer where there's no audience intended but God. You'll find this in Matthew 26, Mark 14, and Luke 22 where Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray before his arrest, trial, and crucifixion. Others overheard some of the things that were said and reported parts of it, but he wasn't talking to them. It was the man Christ Jesus speaking to the God that was within him about the situation that was about to transpire. That's another kind of prayer. Sometimes we look at First uh, Thessalonians 5 and 17, the, the second shortest scripture, uh, or the third shortest scripture in the Bible, pray without ceasing. Now, if you think of prayer only as something you are saying before a congregation or shut away in either a literal or metaphorical closet of prayer such as Jesus spoke about, praying without ceasing could be rather difficult. You've got to earn a living. You've got to live. You've got to mow the lawn. So how do we do that? Well, we listen for the voice of the shepherd. In John chapter 10, beginning with verse 2, we find Jesus talking about, but the one who enters in through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. So what I'm talking about here, I guess I would call a conversational prayer where we and the Lord are just talking. You see, prayer is not bringing your Christmas list or your laundry list to God with a set of requests. I want this, I want that, do this, do that. But it should be a conversation where we are not only speaking, but we are listening, that God is talking to us. And when you're talking to someone in just a conversational mode, you don't need to get all tangled up in flowery phrases and big words. Talk to God like a friend, because he is a friend that sits closer than a brother. Let me give you some scriptural examples of conversations. In Eden, Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, God warned him, speaking of Adam, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden. God talking to him. Genesis 3, 9, Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? Again, it began a conversation. Then Cain, and if you'll read it correctly, you'll see that this is a, uh, 
a, a conversation not of rebuke to start with, but of questioning and an opportunity for Cain to come clean about some things and, and to learn some lessons. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 6, Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Verse 9, Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, Where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian? You see, we've got a back and forth here of a conversation. And uh, then verse 10, but the Lord said, again, speaking, what have you done? And Cain replied, continuing the conversation, my punishment is too great for me to bear. That's in verse 13. Noah, Genesis 6, beginning with verse 13, and God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me. The earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And then he goes ahead to give all the directions about the building of the ark. Quite a conversation. Quite a transfer of information. Verse 9, 1, And God blessed Noah and his sons, and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. He spoke to Abraham, Genesis 12 and 1. And the Lord said to Abraham, Leave your native country and your relatives and your families, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. And then made that great promise that uh, has been continually fulfilled throughout the centuries. In the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3, Verse 4, when the Lord saw that Moses was coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied, and thus began a conversation with God directing Moses to go to Egypt and Moses arguing with God. Oh yeah, you can do that in prayer too, about his part in God's plan. We can talk to God on a regular, continuing basis. That it's not dependent on a posture of standing or kneeling or prostrate on the floor. It's a running conversation that we can have with God continually without ceasing. That God deals with his people, speaks to his people, in fact, that the Bible is a record of ongoing conversation, which you might call prayer, between God and his people. In the King James Version, the word of the Lord came to me, is there 46 times. The Lord said, shows up 219 times. And then the phrase, saith the Lord, shows up, from 11 prophets and five New Testament writers for a total of 854 times. God wants to talk to us. This is not something spooky. It's not something crazy. It's an ongoing conversation between the Lord and his people. And I'd close out this lesson, this teaching, if you will, from Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 is the Lord was sending a, a message 
to the church in Laodicea. Behold, I, Jesus, stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to have our ears physically, spiritually attuned to what you are saying to us and help us be ready to respond as quick as Samuel when you call to him. Here am I. Or maybe it was, what's up, Lord? What are we going to talk about today? So, as we're praying, let's, let's spend some time this week in prayer before uh, reading our Bible, specifically asking God for illumination. And then if God shows us something, maybe we can share that with our small groups. And uh, it might be a good idea this, this week, and as you go, to call a member of the small group and pray a blessing over them. Use your own words. doesn't have to be fancy. God, who will talk to you, carry on a conversation, he understands what you're saying. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, help us as we contact you and commune with you, that we can get to that place where prayer is as easy, as comfortable as a conversation even if we're dealing with difficult situations that we can open up and just be at ease with you. We're coming to the best friend we'll ever have. Lord, be with us and help us to draw close to you. And we'd ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. We'll see you later. Well, Brother Moss, thank you once again for bringing the message tonight on prayer. I suspect that I speak not only for myself, but all of our church family when I say that every time you speak, you always give us something to think about. For those of you who have been joining with us this week as we've done this series on personal prayer, I hope that it has been encouraging to you and that it's been uplifting and perhaps it's given you some new ideas to think about as you spend time talking to God. If you have not done so, be sure to check out our church website at newarkupc.info. And on that website, you can find many different things. You can find information about our online small groups. And if you haven't joined one, I encourage you to do so. You can submit prayer requests. You can partner with us in your personal giving. And as a reminder, throughout the entire month of May, we're doing a Bible study contest. And if you click on that card, there are four videos from our August 2019 Big Group Learning on Understanding Your Bible. Once you watch those four videos, you can fill out the form at the bottom of that page and be entered into a drawing at the end of the month for a $25 Amazon gift card. Continue in our engagement this week as we spend time in prayer before we do our personal Bible reading that God would illuminate the scriptures to us and if you haven't done so yet, at some point this week, remember to call a member of your small group and pray a blessing over them. Thank you so much for joining us, and have a good night.